How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition number 56 of Joe vs. the World. My guest today needs minimal introduction. We'll just say that it's Rob Naylor. Rob, how you doing? What's going on? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good. All right. I, I knew it was time to get you back on because um, someone, someone made a post at the uh, Death Valley message board asking about Major League Wrestling, and uh, and you were not down with uh, with MLW. In fact, you said you said fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> In so. all honesty, I was a little bit uh, pissy there. Honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was great shit such as Global Wrestling Federation was great shit, mm. in that it was so bad. I mean, I watched it, okay? There's certain feds that are so shitty, I won't even have <laughs> them. But, like, it was a great clusterfuck of goodness and badness, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that today. But it yeah. was cool fed because there was so many different incarnations of it, and you never really knew where it was going. And much like Global. I mean, honestly, in Global, you had your... Pedicino years mm-hmm. with Bonnie Blackstone, and then you had your other years where like Eddie Gilbert jumped in, and then you had years where Manny Fernandez came in, and then you had like Butch Reed came in, and like MLW had like different people pulling a uh, Court Bauer in different directions. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm sure we'll uh, get into that a little later. Yeah, this was one of those uh, one of those many feds that sprung up when when ECW went down and headed uh, by Court Bauer. They, uh, I know they ran in New York, and I think a show at the ECW Arena, and mainly in Florida is where they were known. They were on television on the Sun, uh, Sunshine Network. They drew some good crowds. Had a lot of good talent. Uh, the the general um, consensus seems to be that it looked good on paper, not so much in uh, reality. In execution, yeah, they had a lot of ideas. You know, Court Bauer, for all his faults. It's a very smart guy as, as far as creativity goes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, they had a lot of, like, the buzzword catchphrase stuff with hybrid wrestling and yeah. underground TV and a Young Lions division. A lot of, like, the ROH shit that people either like or hate. Mm. And, like, okay, it at least puts a face on to what you're trying to do, you know what I mean? Yep. But his problem was he had too many people. He was trying to mix vets in with young talent. Vets would yell at the young talent for doing <laughs> too much. The young talent thought the vets shouldn't have been there. It was just one of those weird times where you had people coming in and out of the place and uh you know they had i mean honestly when i was looking up stuff today i saw that originally you had like steve carroll greg bagarosi and dan koal who were for people who are really in ecw they're like some of the major names as far as like management and operations and promoting go mm-hmm. dan koal is a guy who i don't think gets any kind of uh cred or you know any kind of props from what he did toward the end of ECW, but he was basically a local promoter who would buy a ton of shows, and I think his wife was working, too, as far as, like, promoting things, mm-hmm. and when I was, like, in college, ready to get out of college, we had a radio show, and honestly, this guy was so easy to work with, he would invite us to go to any shows, we'd get backstage, we'd interview lots of people because of that, wow. uh, and the thing is, with this guy, it's not just because I knew him, or knew him, at least, I should say, that he was nice, but... His shows were really drawing, like, a thousand people. And this is at the time when, like, Paul Lee jumped and, like, was never around. Mm-hmm. So, like, you had Tommy Dreamer running, like, the locker room. But their promotions was also down, too. But I think things would have been a whole lot worse had this guy not been a part of it. So he was in on this uh, MLW thing from the beginning, I believe. And it, I just like the way Bauer had a lot of people who we knew were around and knew how to promote towns and, you know, get on TV. Mm-hmm. I mean... He had ideas. He just, nothing was ever fucking executed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They had an agent, Samu, or Sam, uh, Sam Anuai, or whatever his last name is. Yeah. He was an agent, and he was pushing. He was pushing for certain people, and you know, you got Raven and Funk and Carino and all their friends. I mean, it just it was a mess. And it, it seemed like uh, Court was a Japanese wrestling mark too. 
so you got to see your people like Hudaka and Fujita and you know, obviously there was a big all Japan influence toward the beginning of it at least, and we'll get into that too. Yeah, I mean, they had, like, the global tag team champions. They had, like, a yeah. tag carnival. It's like, you're really picking, in, like, a yeah. young lion. I mean, it was almost taking Ring of Honor's uh, Ode to Puro, you yeah. know, a step further, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I was, did you see a lot of MLW, like, the weekly shows? I, here's the deal, right? In 2002, I don't really remember much of it, to be honest. I moved back to college, but I didn't go to college. I moved back to college and, like, spent a year wasting all the money I'd saved <laughs> up working the year before. It was like my last stand, so to speak. So I went back <laughs> and just did a lot of bad things. It was just freaking out of my mind most of that year. But I do remember uh, we had digital cable, and we got that WGT whatever, 48, sure. release station. And they only had like 57 kinds of fucking wrestling on, right? <laughs> they had like women of wrestling, glow wrestling. They had wild side wrestling. Uh, ROH had a fucking show for three weeks. CZW. And uh, this the stuff that MLW wasn't on it, but I remember at the time the internet they had like a bit of a presence on there, mm-hmm. and Red was really a big wrestler that everyone liked. And Red, I guess, wrestled super crazy. He was El Fuego, though. Yes. He wasn't Red, but he was El Fuego, and I remember that being really good. I think La Parka was on the first show, mm. and that's when they did Kea and Sabu. And Kojima and Jerry Lynn, I believe. Mm. When people actually didn't diss Jerry Lynn, I, I mean, I still think Jerry Lynn's pretty good, but he seems to be universally hated for whatever reason these days. But that was pretty much a couple of decent matches at that time. Mm. On that first show, because it was in New York. Yes. So I remember, I think some of the Death Valley Driver players went to it, honestly. Yeah, I, I remember a work rate report. Yeah, uh, I mean, I that. think they liked it, kind of. I remember Low Key got hurt or some shit. Or... Yeah. Something happened where he was supposed to be on it. There was supposed to be a, six, a tag team match, and it got turned into a six-man. Oh, okay, memory serves me correct. The week before, Loki and Joe debuted in Ring of Honor, and I was at the show live, mm-hmm. and they had that match where Loki's ankle was hurt, and Joe and him just killed each other. Mm. Like, Loki couldn't move That's right. laterally, pretty much. Yeah, so he probably messed it up there, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe the timeline is wrong, but regardless, Loki, I didn't think it was fucked out of being on that show. All right. And uh, I remember, didn't they do, like, they they ran the ECW arena, and they had, I think Shane Douglas won the uh, won the MLW title. or, or yeah, Okay, was. yeah, they had a tournament before Ring of Honor even freaking happened, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he won a tournament, and honestly, I don't remember a thing about it. I think he might have beat Carino. Maybe he mm-hmm. didn't. I remember when it happened, not thinking much of it. Was that the one where Rick Blade squashed that guy's face? Like, there was a guy <laughs> named Paulie Normus Johnson or something, and like he took like a senton from Rick Blade, and Rick Blade like killed him. That Maybe. could have been any Rick Blade match. <laughs> That's very true. Oh, side note, great story from the road trip at Ring of Honor this weekend. Okay. I was talking to a friend who said he was at a Lowe's, or maybe a Home Depot. It really don't matter, though. But he was saying that he was hanging out there, getting like fucking nails and shit and the guy was wearing like the Home Depot gimmick and he came up and he had a little tag on and had Rick R-I-C and my friend was like dude I knew I knew who he was Rick Blade works at Home Depot baby (laughs) yes so if you're around Philadelphia or Jersey hit up the Home Depot and watch Rick Blade botch shelving something but yeah it's uh Pretty incredible that Rick Blades just got talked about for like five seconds there, but yeah, he, really. He might have been in MLW though. I'm actually, hopefully, maybe by the next show, I'll know the truth on that. But 
Yeah, he he might have been on that, because I do remember being a huge fan of him and Nick Mondo at the time. So that might have been why I noticed MLW, because of Rick of Blade. So, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I remember that show really had little fanfare. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, OneWrestling.com or whatever did, like, a live report. Vaguely remember all this. This was, like, 2001, maybe, or maybe 2002. Okay, looking at this now, Shane Douglas beat, I think, Vampiro and Kea in a, uh, a three-way match. And then he threw down the MLW belt and said he didn't want it, which... Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, what is... there's... Who booked that? <laughs> I'm like, I know what you're trying to do there, but that, that's... I mean, they're trying to resurrect what he did with the NWA title, but when you throw it on your own Federation's belt and say you don't want it, <laughs> that's kind of... Yeah, not only yeah. that, but... but uh... That, now that you just said that, that was the show that I think Bam Bam Bigelow was supposed to lose to Kea or Vampiro, and he no-showed. Oh, that's right. I think. I'm pretty sure that was the case. Because I remember oh. Vampiro being pissed, maybe. Or maybe mm. Bigelow was pissed because he had to wrestle Kea. <laughs> Somebody fucking didn't want to do a job and bounced. So, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that that shows really... It's making more sense to me now, but we still got to find out if we're going to be over. <laughs> And uh, I remember they had Carino as champ when they were in, in Florida for a while. There you go. They drew yeah. some, good, some good crowds. They had the Extreme Horseman, which is a hideous name, but um, that was like him, Simon Diamond, C.W. Anderson, maybe just incredible. I think they, Barry Windham was in there or something. Probably a couple other of his hangers on, like uh, yes. Guillotine, or Guillotine, if you will, Legrand. <laughs> oh, that's right. And maybe that Regal guy. I don't know. Who knows? He, I like Steve Carino. I like those hangers on. But honestly, you know, I don't really miss them on any of the wrestling I watch. Yeah, I don't Don't know Carino what that means. Maniacs can, you know, send the hate mail now. But, you know, he, he was great. He's in one of my favorite matches of all time at Homicide. So oh, there you not go. That's right. Too much, but I just, I don't know. He gets heat, but eh, whatever. <laughs> Not a fan. Yeah. I actually remember seeing Guillotine LeGrand at, uh, when w- World 1 first started, they ran, uh, I saw, I saw it on a Sunday in, in, uh, somewhere. I remember the place was just packed because they, they oversold the building and, uh, all his hangers on were there, like Ricky Landell and, uh, Guillotine LeGrand and, and it was great because, uh, they brought in Masato Tanaka for the weekend. That's the first oh, time we got go. to see him. And yeah, I remember, well, uh. I remember washing my hands next to Homicide in the uh, in the men's room and being amazed how much bigger I am than him, and I'm like 5'10". There you go. I, I like, dwarfed him. Dwarfed Homicide. That's too bad. Yeah. I'll bet you he's pissed. <laughs> no, that's because he's washing his hands, though. But uh, what I was going to say, then, is <laughs> World 1, right? That yep. was like that PWF, yeah. the second generation. That was almost as shitty as MLW. <laughs> it was a lot worse, let's face it. But, like, it was like PWF was the fed that people went to have shitty matches. Which kind of, you know, ironically, or maybe not, that's basically what MLW kind of was, too. Yeah. I and remember. then I remember, I remember Court Bauer went on Death Valley Driver Message Board. Oh, boy. Not under a fake name, but under his own name. Oh, wow. I don't know. I think he might have a fake name, but maybe not. But anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he'd come on that board, and he was like, what do you guys want to see, man? And everyone would be like, yeah, I want to see... Uh, super Porky, yeah, that'll, that'll, that's money, and then someone else would be like, yeah, you know who I like, who? Macho Man, oh, I don't think we can afford him. <laughs> who do you want to see? Oh, Erwin R. Scheister. Like, everyone would give who they wanted to see. Like, I think Brian Danielson's a fine worker, and then, like, everyone, and Coco Beware's great, too, and everyone would just give him all these fucking ideas, and then, like, he booked a fucking show, and, like, <laughs> it had, like, Super Porky, Tex Salinger against the Nasty Boys. I mean, it was just the <laughs> most random... Fucked up looking show, and then it never fucking happened. I guess because oh, yeah. I think something went down. They were supposed to have like, I think they were supposed to do debuts like 
trampolines on the fucking corners and shit. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. I think this is legit. This isn't like a Teddy Hart uh, after smoke and weed pipe dream. This actually mm. try, almost happened. But, like, it never happened, though. And then that was when Rocky Romero and Bobby Quantz and fucking Puma Kid or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. And uh, Volador Jr. and Virus, who's my favorite luchador. See, I do love lucha. And uh, who else? Hmm. They had a third part. Oh, yeah, R- Ricky Marvin. Gee, how did I forget him? They <laughs> were having all those good six-man matches, and I think uh, Court wanted to bring them to the United States, but huh. again, it must have fallen through. Although, I imagine that match with trampolines on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we really missed out, I think. But, yeah. uh, and they had uh, a, a six-sided ring, right? You know, I think they might have. I At don't even point. freaking remember. They might have. They, or maybe they, they were going to, maybe. It might have been one of those things where, as they were transitioning to H2 or toward the end of MLW, they yep. got the six-sided action going. And uh, there's also kind of a famous match with Mike Awesome and Samoa Joe that was just... Uh, something went, Yeah, something went this. wrong in this match. Like, Yeah, I never saw it. I heard that Mike Awesome came to the ring, was like, or arena, I should say, and basically working it out with Joe. They do work out matches, apparently. I hate to... Mm spoil the fantasies and dreams of all the uh, wrestling fans. It's not really real, but uh, I guess they were working the match out, and dude was like, well, I'm going to throw you over the ropes, and you're going to land on your head like everyone else, and I guess Joe at the time was like, dude, fuck you, and then <laughs> it just broke down in the ring, and uh. you know, I don't know. I, I don't know who to blame, because honestly, I love Mike Awesome killing people over the top rope, but sure. you know, I kind of like Joe surviving, too, so <laughs> yeah. it's kind of tough. Rock, I don't want to have to pick, but since Mike Awesome is gone, I'll just pick Joe, because I probably can't get in trouble, so there you go. <laughs> Actually, I have to go on a tangent here because uh, speaking Uh-oh. of the Sunshine uh, Network or channel, I had I had this channel back in late 2001. I had the pleasure of seeing uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. This was wrestling in like a ballroom in front of like five people. There you go. With uh, Mark Nolte and uh, Brian Blair as the commentators. Was Scoot Andrews on this? Um, uh, I don't re- don't remember. The only names I remember. I mean, you had a bunch of nobodies, like the Southern Posse, and... Uh, Wait a minute, nobodies, Tames and Trout? Come on, man. No, I don't think I'll it was... i over MVP. I'm pretty sure this was another... This was a fake oh, Southern Posse. Damn it, a fake Southern Posse, even worse. Because they had, a, like, a new Heavenly Bodies also in there. Jesus Christ. But this, these were the names they had. They had, uh, they had Hector Guerrero, Heck Myers, Mike Enos, who was so fat, he looked like he was in his third trimester, and... Uh, Barry or Barry Horowitz, as they always they spelled it Barry like a fruit. I like, gotta tell they... you, at the risk of disagreeing with you, I think that sounds like the greatest shit ever. <laughs> Barry Horowitz is like my hero. Mike Enos, God bless him, better than Wayne Bloom. Hack <laughs> Meyer sucks, I'll give you that. And like the other guy, who was the first guy? It's Hector Guerrero. Hector fucking Guerrero. He was a gobbledygooker for Christ's sake. I might not have minded watching that, but honestly, I guess at the I watched. Time, it. it was a half hour every week they had. Uh, Half hour too. Yeah, so it flew by. I remember one match with Barry Horowitz. He was fighting a guy named Pegasus, like Pegasus with an H. I don't know what that meant. And Barry tried to give him a, like a slingshot back suplex, but mm-hmm. someone over rotated. It turned to a slingshot backdrop driver, which was just like the coolest. I need to see that in like ROH right away. But really, yeah, that was just. I don't know how long that didn't. It lasted like six weeks when I had it. So basically, but. Barry Horowitz had a shitty match with Pegasus with an H. Yep. Too bad, Pegasus was an age. Yeah, and I remember Mike Eno's promo where he was just rambling about like fighting people in the grocery store. And ironically, though, a Mike Eno's promo is a big thing because in the AWA, people might remember this if they're old, but 
Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos were the destruction crew, and every promo, Wayne Bloom would talk and talk and talk. And then they'd move over to uh, Mike Enos, and then Mike Enos would go, tell him, Wayne, and that was his only line ever. So, like, Mike Enos doing promos is fucking great. I Someone sent this footage, too. I, I remember uh, word. a Destruction Crew interview in, like, PWI, where that's that's the gimmick they did. Like, Wayne Bloom would have, like, ten paragraphs, and then Mike Enos would be like, that's right, and then there you, uh, go. you tell yeah, them. I love the, the PWI. And honestly, I'm going to get to this later, but in the uh, heavy preparation for the show, I uh, didn't find much, but I pulled out an old Pro Wrestling Illustrated Weekly from October 1993. Oh, sweet. And we're going to get into this a little later, but oh my Christ. So many funny things were happening in October 1993. Oh, I can't Sabu wait. was getting a tryout with the WWF. Really? Yes, against Scott Taylor in Poughkeepsie <laughs> and Burlington, Vermont, if you will. Burlington. And uh, what's, uh, what's an, okay, there's another really good uh, result on here somewhere. Green hanging at Tatanka against the, the Quebecers. Ooh. Razor Ramon no. against Bastion Booger. Oh, that's not so good. Oh, oh, it's good. <laughs> what else is on here? Ooh, Diesel beat Dan Doobie. <laughs> Dan Doobie. D-U-B-E-E. I don't know what the rib is there, but I fucking love it. Dan and then what Doobie. else is on here? And then in Glens Falls, New York, Wrestling Challenge, listen to this card. Brett and Owen Hart defeated Well Done. Oh, I have Owen, a lot to Owen say about Hart well done Sabu. in a bit. Owen Hart beats Sabu. Oh, the man. Fuck? Exactly. Bret Hart beats Jerry Lawler in a cage. And what else we got here? Bastion Booger beat the kid. And that was always stupid. Pro Wrestling Illustrated would never call the kid the 123 kid. They just put the kid. Wow, I wonder why they did that. I don't know, because they're douchebags. And not only that, on this, they had a section called What's Hot and What's Not. Yep. And since I'm rambling, I'm going to go through this. Sure. On the What's Not, they had Mr. Hughes, Sid Vicious, Men on a Mission, and Bad Brad. And okay, <laughs> after each person's name, they write something stupid. And Bad Brad's is, sure it's not Bad Bread, because he's stale. <laughs> oh, my God. God love him. God bless the PWI people. And they wonder why they're only selling three copies. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I love them. I hope they really do well. And Glenn Jacobs was on the show, too. Glenn Jacobs beat Mike Bell. Wow. Wimpy matches in Burlington, Vermont, apparently. Damn, I could have gone. It was a bit, of a, really? a bit of a drive, but I could have been there. There you go. You could have hit that shit up. Yeah. Well, why don't we jump to, uh, to H2 Wrestling? <laughs> wait, think... wait, wait. No, no wait. we got to go into a little bit more MLW, and then we'll All right. Do okay. We gotta talk about something. Okay. MLW had two tapings, and these are pretty much the most widely seen tapings in the beginning of January, where they used everyone that had, was either out of ROH. Like it was when Mike Modest left and was pissy, and when like Kenny Hart flipped, so then he went. And they actually used Roderick Strong before ROH because it was in Florida, mm-hmm. and the show basically had like Vampiro and Raven and Carino and Funk and like all these super expensive dudes. And then, like, people like Sanjay Dutt. And it was actually the debut of all the Canadian guys, because it was after the Teddy Hates Everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, Teddy was supposed to fight with Carino or some shit. And oh, yeah. Jack came in as Dark Fuego. <laughs> Dark Fuego. And Fuego Guerrero was red, so they were trying to be funny and call Jack Dark Fuego. But uh, this led to the worst commentary in the history of the business, because Eric Gargiulo took place of Kevin Kelly, and took place of Joey Styles for the commentary. And the match was Dark Fuego and Pete Williams 
Or is it Pete Williams? No, it's not Pete Williams. It's Pete Wilson. Pete Wilson was the guy's name. All right. And they wrestled Roderick Strong and M-Dog 20. And Eric Gargiulo is doing the commentary. And at one point, even though Jack Evans is supposed to be under a mask in Fuego Guerrero, Eric Gargiulo goes... Jack Evans hits the ring. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? He just blew it. And then after that, Pete Williams came in and he called him Jack Evans. So he called Pete Williams Jack Evans, even though Jack Evans was in the Mask of Fuego, who Eric Arturo called Fugo, because he doesn't really know <laughs> Spanish, apparently. So then he calls Roderick Strong. This is a big debut. We've heard a lot about this guy, Roderick Storm. Like, oh, my God. And then he fucks up everything, and he goes, and Dog 20 comes out, he goes, this guy on Dog 20, Julius Smokes, he's crazy. This man is crazy. He does all kinds of crazy things. He's a big fan of CKNY. And I'm like, oh, my God, he fucked that up, too. He tried to say CKY. He said CKNY. It was just the worst clusterfuck of commentary on a single match I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know, maybe it was never supposed to air. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. they have the, the announcers live, when this is obviously tape live. Sure. It's so like, maybe the idea was to post-produce this shit. So maybe he was fucking up on purpose, but if he wasn't, Jesus. I mean, wow. seriously. I, I remember all this shit to a T because it was just so goddamn bad. Damn. And, I mean, he went on the good things with CZW, I, I guess. I, yeah. But, uh, you know, that was just really piss poor. And wow. When, you know, Julian Smokes, though, doing commentary, the best. He'd be like, he called every brain buster a ghost buster. <laughs> and then he'd go, he'd go, oh, yeah, like Coco Beware does. And you can tell my voice is shot, but, you know, Julius did it a lot better, but it was great. <laughs> and then, right. like, one of the guys did a dive, and fucking Julius Smokes called it the Space Flying Ghostbuster. <laughs> the best. God damn it, Julius Smokes, someone hand him a microphone. Oh, wow. I don't like him at ringside anymore, but he is gold on the mic. Damn. Wow, do you have any more, uh... More MLW? Okay. Did you know Abdul the Butcher wrestled there? I... Yeah, it was like, uh, who did he fight, like Terry Funk? Don't even know, but he did. He wrestled there, and then Lawler wrestled there, too, and I don't really remember that. I think maybe he was going to, and they pulled him out of it, Yeah, I think he almost did. So, obviously, the one thing we could definitely say is they had a huge fucking bank book for this thing, because these guys aren't coming cheap. These are like $4,000 guys, some of these people, so I don't know how they did it. Yeah, it looks like they did have, uh... Abdullah did face Terry Funk, and I'm sure that was... Yeah, you needed money to put on hybrid wrestling. We'll hybrid wrestling. <laughs> uh, on the age, too. Let's yeah, well, oh, MLW, not surprisingly, went out of business uh, quick, so Court Bauer resurfaced with uh, with Teddy Hart. as They were executive producers of of H2 Wrestling, and... If Teddy Hart, executive producer. Is there a more scary fucking sentence in the fucking English language? I really, love you, yeah. Teddy, but him producing anything just had to be a little bit crazy. Yeah, and, and he's if you're an all... idea guy, he's got ideas. Uh, they're yes. on planet Mars, but they're well, ideas. Yeah, maybe you can you can go through those ideas. And, and, oh yeah, and, I will definitely go into that a little later. But what yeah. happened with H two was huge announcement, blockbuster announcement, and like I think it was April or May two thousand four. Yeah. And I remember uh, my little peer group of wrestling fans was really stoked about it. It's like, oh, yo, crazy shit. Wow. It's not going to be like MLW. Really, it's not. And then all the old guys are gone. It's all the new the new talent, the new young breed. Well, basically, they took all of our favorite IWA wrestlers or our favorite Ring of Honor wrestlers or I think PWG was around then. If it wasn't, we'll just pretend it was. Took the PWG wrestlers 
and they put them all in the same uh, federation, and you couldn't go by your your you couldn't go by a fake name, like Jack Evans couldn't be Jack Evans. He had to be Jack Miller, like he had to be his real name. And and uh, God forbid Jay Lethal is Jay Lethal. Nope. He had to be Jamar Cunningham. That's right. And I don't know. Homicide's real name's Nelson something, but I don't think Court had the balls to tell Homicide he had to change his name. Yeah, I would. Basically, they all had to go. Like Ted Hart was not had to be. Ted Annis, for whatever Ted reason, Anus. you know, yeah, yeah, certain people got away, you know, but he, they would give everyone new gimmicks. And wasn't was Alex Shelley's name Alex Shelley? You yeah, he was. Uh, no, I have his. Um, yes, he yeah, was the, the alienist, the alienist, and <laughs> the the fucking uh, Mulder and Scully gimmick. You know? <laughs> no, I actually I actually have his his bio here, and uh, I will I will read this to you now. A, a truly troubled soul with demons, Shelley is a cold and dark individual that has an appetite for calculated chaos and playing mind games on his adversaries both in and out of the ring. Utilizing a fast technical wrestling approach, Shelley will often play games with his opponents like a predator with its prey until it's time to feed him to the shell shock for the three count, leading fans and victims wondering if the mind games and the match are premeditated or uncontrolled random acts of brutality. Wow, that was a pretty nice write-up. Some good alliteration at the start. And yeah, that's... basically uh, flowed real well. And that's like I said. I remember the the write-ups were good. Like you honestly kind of got a vibe that you wanted to see who the fuck these wrestlers were going to turn out to be. But somewhere along the line, they did a deal. We'll just transition into this, sure. where they asked wrestling fans on the MLW message board or the no, sorry, H two message board. Don't get confused. But uh. They asked who you wanted to see, and they gave you the whole lineup of talent. You said, one dream match, fans. And this was around the time where, like, Chris Hero was fucking huge. Like, everyone was a huge Chris Hero fan. Mm-hmm. And Teddy Hart was obviously the linchpin, the center point, like, the, the lead guy, you know, for H2. So everyone figured, yo, Chris Hero and Teddy Hart, that's fucking crazy. Chris Hero's friends at CM Punk, it's a shoot, you know. So everyone, <laughs> everyone was like, yo, that, that's the match they're going to pick. I remember, for one, a shitload of my friends all were like, Hero Teddy, Hero Teddy, Hero Teddy. And there was even a, a thread on CZW fans were like, 20 deep was like, dude, Hero Teddy, that's the only match that counts. And I was even a big Jack Evans fan, but I didn't want to fucking see Jack Evans and Teddy Hart. They had matches in Canada. Sure. I didn't really think any of their matches were that good, to be honest. And I was a huge fan of both of them at the time, but I wanted something different, too. And I voted Hero Teddy. And then they announced main event. <laughs> Penny Hart and Jack Evans. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, they scammed us, you know. And it's funny, you signed up, you had to sign up to and they had your email, so yeah. then they'd send you stuff. Nice marketing ploy, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like, I think it was all lies. But uh, after that, then, I remember, to backtrack a little bit, not to make it me, 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 but I had done that Teddy Hart mixtape, or a couple of them, actually. Yes, I Because I was those. on crack back then, too. And, uh, Teddy Hart, I guess, saw it, right? So so I had gotten word that Teddy Hart wanted to talk to me. So I was like, oh, okay, that's a little interesting. So Teddy Hart somehow got my fucking phone number. <laughs> and Teddy Hart called me. And, wow. yeah, it would be Teddy Hart, right? So I was like, holy shit. And I was a huge mark for Teddy Hart at the time, so I thought it was fucking awesome. So I, I picked the phone up. I'm like, and this is right before H- H2 didn't run a show yet. Obviously, oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but uh, it was three on the block. Okay, three were going to come up, and the concept was out there, and people knew what it was, and it was going to be a rave and wrestling. It was going to be yeah. 
dancing and hanging out with your friends and the wrestlers, and then they were going to get in the ring and fight, you know. <laughs> now looking back on it, it's the most stupid fucked scenario possible, but at the time, I don't know, it seemed okay. Yeah. So uh, he calls me up, and honestly, all the things you could say bad about Teddy, you can't say he's boring. So he just was discussing different things, and he uh, he mentioned to me that he liked the the little video that I made for him, and he said, could you do that with all the other wrestlers on the roster? <laughs> and I was like, we only have, like, what, 40 people? I'm like, I don't think I have the resources. But he said, but yeah, yeah, but you could do one for this, this, and this, and this. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. So he's like, well, get the Boston. <laughs> you know, like, I'm in where, bumfuck TA. Yeah, get the Boston. <laughs> I was like, Daddy, look, I don't know about all this. And he's like, well, no. He goes, she's like, I've seen the magic you can do, and your videos just really change things. And like, honestly, the video, like, it was a funny video, don't get me wrong, but video production, no, that's not really, I'm not good. Like, I could think certain things, but depending what people are doing now, nowhere near it. So I was like, well, I don't know about all this, Teddy. And he goes, well, what we'll do is we'll put your videos on a computer chip, <laughs> and we'll <laughs> hand them out like baseball cards at the shows. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, well, okay, he's smoking something. So I was like, all right. So I figured I'd go with it. And I'm like, yeah, cool, man, cool. And I'm like, well, dude, he goes, have you ever seen, and this is legit, he goes, have you ever seen someone with a better moonsault than I do? <laughs> what do you, oh, let's talk about moonsaults, Teddy. So I was like, yeah, I said, Sanjay Dunn has a really great acai moonsault off the top. And he replies, you know what, I don't want to hear that. He, like, starts flipping, right? He's like, moonsault contest, the first show. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, this is the fucking greatest conversation I've ever been a part of. I wish I was higher drunk, because, honestly, it would have been way cooler. So I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, moonsault contest, it's on. So it went on. We probably had, like, an hour and 20-minute conversation. I wish I could remember all of it. I do remember the moonsault contest line vividly and the idea of the computer chip baseball cards with wrestlers on it. And I don't know. It was just very interesting. And I think Teddy is a freaking genius. But then, get this, right? So he did a shoot interview with uh, not Jack, but Deranged and Jill Love, who we'll bring up later. Mm -hmm. Little hottie that he was hanging out with at the time. And Lit. Uh, Lit. Ash Ash Samuels. And I don't even know who did this shoot interview, right? But it's all these dudes in, like, this room, and Jill Love, and they're all smoking uh, gimmicks, we'll say. Yeah. And the guy's talking, and I didn't get to shoot interview until, like, 2006. Someone sent it to me and said I needed to watch it. So I watched it, and at the very end of the shoot, he goes, and H2, H2 is coming. And he's like, and Rob Naylor, who does the best videos next to anyone but the WWF. And I'm cracking the fuck up. I'm like, oh, my God. He actually said I did the best videos next to anyone besides <laughs> the WWF. Move over, Monday Night Football. I was fucking tired. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Granted, I love the gratuitous name drop, but I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. And I just yeah. laughed and laughed. Like, it's so funny that I didn't know that he said that at the time. But, like, then I got this shoot interview, and I was really, really laughing about that. But uh, needless to say, there was never a first show... There was no. never a trip to Boston as much as I, I would have gone to Boston one time until I saw what the fuck was going on. I was enough of a, a big mark that I'd have done it. and But it never fucking happened because I guess him and Bauer f- had a big fight. Yeah. Stunning. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his mouth 
just kind of got them in trouble. I guess he said he was going to bring in uh, Henry Hawk or something. And, <laughs> and, and went hard that was like right in the midst of the whole incident or whatever the hell Yeah, and, uh, that's right. And I guess Cord Bauer flipped shit on that, and rightfully so. Yeah. And I guess he pulled out money from whatever the fuck was going to happen. Weren't they going to be on, like, a fucking oxygen network? <laughs> I don't <laughs> that remember true? that. I Maybe don't... they were going to be on Bravo. I don't know what the fuck, but they were on some <laughs> fledging network based out of Wyoming or some shit. Like, oh, that's right. I, I bought into every line bullshit they gave, so I think it was the oxygen network. Yeah. What I remember, I remember being excited about this because it was going to be in Boston, and um, I'm like, wow, you know, that's, wow, yeah, finally my neck of the woods, not the tri-state area. They were actually going to run in Boston, not one of the outlying cities like Ring of Honor usually does over mm-hmm. Braintree, Roxbury. And I remember Court Bauer's like, oh, yeah, we're doing this to attract uh, the college crowd in Boston. And then they scheduled their first shows for June and July. And I'm like... <laughs> it's kind of like WWF running Penn State University. <laughs> Seriously. comes around. I'm like, you got a bit of a problem there, but... But, um... They, they had, like... Seriously, like, 80 storylines for that first show. Oh, yeah. My friend Jay uh, was going to go up there, too. Like, he honestly had a whole group of us kind of under, like, freaking hypnosis. And we were all just really buying into it. And we're like, yeah, yeah, this shit's going to fly. And I was a really, I was a huge ROH fan at the time. But I remember kind of being like, well, dude, this is kind of like ROH, kind of, but, like, new names and stuff. Yeah. But it was just a different concept. And they were going to do a lot more high spots. It was just going to be a lot different. And I, I, I like high spots, so it was no problem for me. Like, I was going to go, oh, a bunch of mo- spot monkeys, this fucking suck. No, I was like, all right, this is different. What the fuck? Let's see what it yeah. is. It honestly ended up being what the fuck was on MTV, you know, two years later. Yeah, Wrestle Society X. Yeah, yeah, like, if they would have done house shows, they probably would have done the same kind of format, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah, it was, and they were talking about trampolines and shit on, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the posts. Like, I don't know. It always comes back to trampolines when you get Teddy involved. But, yeah. you know, I... I don't know. I he also did a shoot in the UK since we keep talking about Teddy. But uh, he did a shoot for some company in England and if anyone hasn't seen it, find it. I don't care. I don't think they have a website. I don't even know what company did it, but they another one where he's smoking something during the whole interview. <laughs> and he starts talking and this is when he was involved this is like two thousand six shit right here. Like he's wrestling for M T V but he's talking about how much MTV wrestling sucks and how WWF is better, which I thought was great. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, you know what? Hip-hop, hip-hop and wrestling, it's going to merge. And Master P, I will fucking smack the taste out of your mouth, Master P. And he's talking about, he's like, I'm Tony Hawk. I will I'll bow you. I'll bow you in a skateboard match, Tony Hawk. And what are you going <laughs> to do when I come off the top rope onto the trampoline, running a skateboard, and then Michael Jackson in the front row, and he's got a monkey and he's fucking it. And like he, gets, he goes on this train of thought type shit, right? And just says the craziest stuff you've ever fucking heard in your life. Maybe not verbatim what I said, but equally funny and stupid wow. and ridiculous. And I'm watching this. I literally had to like stop and rewind at one point. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Wow. I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something about Teddy Hart that is just infinitely watchable, and you just have to just watch and laugh. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, a lot of people hate the guy, and his business practices probably give people uh, every reason to. Yeah. But I think he's fucking great. Honestly, Teddy Hart rules. He just I, showed up at some random Florida pro wrestling Yeah, dynasty. he's down there. He's down there now for like a month or so. He's with that Jason Rance, I think the guy's name yeah, is. Yeah, talking were about how... MLW, uh, ironically. But uh, 
they are friends and they're hanging out now in Florida and God help them shows up at FIT. That'd be fucking crazy, wouldn't it? Because he's been kicked out of like every Fed you can imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a huge fan of his. I was there cheering him on as he like when he first hit up the indie circuit. He was doing shows for free. Hmm. He would just show up in PA and any indie show and work. And then it seemed like every second show he'd show up on, hmm. there'd be an issue. And then when people start actually putting his name on paper to book him, that was when he either wouldn't show up or problems would ensue. Yeah. I don't know. Difficult to deal with, yes. Entertaining, yes. But mm. honestly, I don't think he's someone you could book ahead of time. He has to be a surprise on every fucking show, and no one will ever deal with that shit. Yeah. So. But As who knows? Will he ever get a shot in WWF? Who? Well, I don't know. Uh, if Sabu can show up in the WWF, some that's very true. Twelve years after his first tryout, then uh, anything's probably possible. Yeah, I'd like to see him show up as like a Martian, man. Like, <laughs> like come out with his moon pants, <laughs> or what, not moon pants? What are they? The fucking uh, oven mitt pants? Yeah, the oven mitt pants. They're great, honestly. And he, he even talks about that at length about his his fashion and how he's going to start a new line of clothing so people can. Uh, get in the oven so to speak and uh you know he does wonderful i don't think it's gonna happen though but yeah but honestly everybody if you get the uk teddy hard shoot it's fucking tremendous you'll Mm. love it and there's a match with him and Pac, not x Pac, but Pac. Pac. yeah the the man gravity forgot yeah and if you're into high flying crazy shit they pretty much deliver Mm. but yeah teddy i I was researching i mean they had Gary Hart of all people was getting yeah. into part of this. He had Gary Hart, uh, he had JJ Mr. Dillon, X. I think, was there for a week. Damn. JJ, no, Gary Hart, Homicide, and Loki were like a, a team, right? Hmm. And I think Kendo Nagasaki was involved too. So it was kind of like redoing the uh, J Tex. Oh yeah. Or, but Homicide's not from Texas. No. <laughs> and Loki's not from Japan, so I don't know how they're going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> but you know what? Fuck it. In the magical land of W MLW, hook it up. But, yeah. but you had Samu, you had Gary Hart, you had Steve Carino, you had Vampiro, you had Raven. You just had Terry Funk. You had a shitload of indie guys that were doing spots all over the place thinking their shit was the best. Yep. It was just very easy to see how this thing fucking exploded. Although H2 never got a chance to explode, you know what I mean? Who's to say what would have happened there? Who knows? They had, I mean, they had the the Opera Cup where uh, some, that was that was the match Teddy and, and Jack Evans were going to have two out of three the falls. Opera series. Cup, that's fucking right. What the fuck yeah. was that? I don't know. This was Opera apparently, Cup. it was like, like Stu Hart won it in 1948 and they were Okay, yeah, they tied that in. That's okay. Yeah. At least has some somewhat of a historical. Oh, Teddy owned it though. I guess <laughs> did Teddy steal it? That's <laughs> you know not. what I mean? Oh, fuck. no, he he inherited it. He inherited it when uh, Stu passed away. All right, if he did. So, well, hopefully, and uh, he also had. Maybe we'll be seeing Opera Cup matches in WWE in five years. You know, God, what? I hope so. <laughs> hey, if he owns Cup. that shit and Brett shows up on Monday Night TV last week, yeah, you never know. I remember. Uh, I think. I think it was. Matt Martell, who was Matt Stryker, I think he called Mike Modest, say he looked like a big penis, and he wanted to fight him, and that was like why they were having their match. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Although, Matt Martell, or Stryker, was the funniest party boy. Yep. Wasn't he party boy? That shit was hilarious. I don't care what anyone says. That was funny. 
Oh, and they had like Sumi Sakai was like an assassin. I'm like, that's fucking ridiculous. Have you? That's like the most poor characterization. Like Sumi Sakai is the yeah. female Joshi wrestler. Yeah, Not she was like going to be Bianchi. No, no. <laughs> Sumi Sakai was in MLW. No, and uh, she was going to be in H2. That was her... Uh, Holy fuck. Gonna be like Dude, a, you got to send me this link of yours if you still have That sounds awesome. Yeah. I had no... I totally forgot or didn't ever know about that one. Yeah. Sumi Sakai's an assassin. <laughs> it was just so much... Cre- that's they had, like, like playing an NBA player. You realize how bad that <laughs> characterization is? That's fucking ridiculous. I know. That's... that's yeah, that's... <laughs> wow. Oh, in, ca- in case you're wondering what H2 stood for, we don't know. That was going to be like a storyline, a pivotal storyline, like the name of the Federation. Whoa. We, never, we never found out what it was. Shit? I was so excited, I wrote up a big uh, a fact back in the day about H2 Wrestling, which never saw the light of day because the company never ran a show. And I had all of this info I forgot about that's probably probably everyone forgot about. But like, I, like you would know by writing that, they had us, man. They had they did. The small fan base that was into it was real. It was almost like... Just the characters, you know what I mean? Hmm. Indie wrestling has always been devoid of characters, including fucking ROH. If they had more characters, it'd be a lot better. Yep. Like this past Saturday, best shit on the show, not to deter too much, but it was Kevin Steen doing a lot of the Super Dragon, fat bully, prick heel shit. And it was Chris Hero, Bobby Tempsey of all people, Tank Toland, and Larry Sweeney. It was fucking great. But everything else was good wrestling, but I'm at the point where good wrestling alone... You need a little more. Even, like, Tuesday, right? I went to Philly a second time in one week, which is fucking retarded, but I, I went to see that ECW SmackDown, and MVP was the best fucking guy on the whole show. Yeah. By far. People, oh, this one, if this gets out before Friday, <laughs> Batista and MVP on Friday night is an awesome match. Yeah. Watch it. MVP rules. And I don't watch SmackDown, so this is new to me. I, I saw MVP, like, three times before. But that guy has come a long fucking way since Antonio Banks. Because <laughs> Antonio Banks was the worst fucking wrestler ever. Dante <laughs> shit. Like Paul Bunyan shit, man. He was bad. <laughs> he was fucking sucky. And he's fucking awesome now. So don't don't give up wrestling, young <laughs> indie wrestlers, because you two one day can transform like MVP did and fucking rule. If you work with Chris Benoit for... Uh three months in a row. Yeah, you know, he just seems like he's a guy that, <laughs> even aside from the in-ring, he just has the charisma, the look, he plays with the people great, he's just fucking great. Like, I I gotta see more. I gotta get some, rent some WWE DVDs or some shit, because it's good. Mm. And, uh, Court Bauer, in case you're wondering, I think he's still a writer with the WWE. Oh, yeah, he's doing very well. I mean, honestly, like I said before, Court Bauer is a guy that had a lot of great ideas but had too many people pulling him in different directions. But if you let him get his own vision out there, I had no... I could totally see him getting a job in WWF and basically lending his ideas and then having people take his ideas and either cast them aside or otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I do think the guy is has talent, you know what I mean, as far as vision and, you know, ideas. Sure. No, no, no. I mean, I talked to him a couple times, too, when he was around, but... Oh. You know, I was I was pro ROH and I thought the stuff he was doing sucked, but at yeah. the same time, you you know that that guy at least had some original ideas and was willing to listen to people, and you know, too many people sometimes. But once yep. you take all everyone out of the equation and you just give them a pen and say, "Yo, come yep. up with something," you know, he's 
he's decent. I guess he is still there. You're right. So, good. All right. And, uh, oh, I should mention that uh, they did, uh, H2 did schedule their first show against uh, Ring of Honor show before it got canceled. And, oh, yeah, uh, that was the big, that was the big yeah. fucking deal at the time. Because I was going to go to H2 over ROH, which proves how fucking gone I was at that time. That was the uh, Scramble Cage Melee show with uh, the big cage with, oh, with, yeah. with not August... trampolines, but platforms on top of the cage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the one where Jack Evans actually wrestled on and nearly died doing yep. the 630 off the cage. And he wasn't supposed to be in it. Because that's yeah. when they brought all these XPW guys in, like Alter Boy Luke and yeah. all that shit, because Jack wasn't going to be there. But I guess then H2 took a powder and Jack got booked Yeah, and died. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I got to talk some Memphis here from 1993. Okay, yeah. This is rather random. 1993, Memphis. Well, I got in a, uh, you know, you see these DVD sets. Uh, someone came out like, hey, here's all the, the highlights from USWA 1993. I'm like, I'm like, cool. And I'm like, oh, if you're okay. not so it's like a DVD and shit. Oh yeah, it's like a DVD Great. set. And, uh, All right, good. Yeah, even if you're not interested in, in Memphis, they they had a working agreement with the WWF in 1993. Mm-hmm. So the WWF would send like Bret Hart, Randy Savage, Mr. Doink Perfect, Undertaker, Shawn Doink, Shawn Michaels to work the Mid South Coliseum shows. Yep. And in return, I guess the WWF signed they signed like Men on a Mission and Well Done and. Uh, oh yeah. Men on like, a Mission in particular, I loved. It's like oh, who, who got the better end of that deal right there. <laughs> Like, you oh, know, well done. I think that one is a, a, a close-kept secret. Yeah. I remember it was Del Rio's there. I have not Del seen Binder him. was Del Rio's. Yes. Is he on there? I have not seen him uh, oh, on these shows. He was he, pre, he, he was Sting before Sting was Sting, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, granted, Sting was that guy from The Crow, but Del Rio's kind of had that same deal going. Yeah. Was PG-13 and Midget D on there? Midget D, not yet. This was the early days of PG-13. It was great. All right. Well, that's good. But um, th- they were having like a, like a WWF versus USWA feud, including early heel Vince McMahon, which I sadly haven't gotten to. But you you see weird shit like Howard Finkel cutting the heel promo. Oh, yeah. Howard, he was involved in – you know what's crazy? If you do have that Vince thing – Mm-hmm. Let me know. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, the other day I brought up how I saw that Vince thing way back then, and, like, it was so fucking good. Mm. And someone PM'd me, like, a couple people actually, like, oh, he still got that. I want to see that. But I was like, yo, I don't even. You know, I saw it then. It was fucking awesome. But, but yeah, that's a, that's a nice piece of footage if you got that on it. Yeah. And um, I know it's like... I know these are, like, the, the top programs and whatnot, but, oh, my God, there are so many run-ins and DQs on the... Like, they have the studio show Saturday morning, and then they build to the big Mid-South Coliseum show mm-hmm. on Monday. But anytime someone has a match, you know... Like, if Jeff Jarrett's wrestling someone, Brian Christopher's going to run in and attack him, or, you know, shit like that. And maybe it's not so bad if you watch, like, like squash matches with, you know, just no angles and yeah, no commercial breaks. But... There was just so many more disqualifications. On yeah. That. And Memphis has always lived and died on that, because you've got to get people out to the next week. Yeah. If you have one guy go over clean the next time, you know, they might not, you know, care about it. And that was just the way things were. I don't necessarily like it, but, yeah, but I could see why they did it. But I could also see why they went from doing, like, you know, 12,000 in 1986 and did about, you know, hmm. 350 in, you know, 1994. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I mean, I'm watching Lawler, and he is, he is I mean, you kind of forget it because he's played such a kind of goofy guy on, on Raw, but he is awesome on the Oh, yeah, there's no one more quick with it, no one more quick with the snaps than Jerry Waller ever. He's just fantastic. Ever. I mean, he's he's trying to I mean, he's this is when he came to the WWF first, and he's feuding with Bret Hart, and mm-hmm. 
and he's trying, you know, and he makes a, a logical reason why he's a heel up there, but he's the big baby face well, in Memphis. He has unbelievable explaining shit. Like, yeah, honestly, it was just like, like he even did this promo on this DVD Bix gave me, where he's basically talking about how Jeff Jarrett is hanging around Kerry Von Erich, so he's using steroids. <laughs> he posted and he that on YouTube. These two yellow vials <laughs> and like a quote unquote wink wink steroid testing machine. And Lance Russell's like, we don't know about all this. Or maybe it's Dave Brown. Regardless, same voice. We don't know. You have no really proof. And then all of a sudden, he goes, well, here we go. We're going to test. And these two girls go, eee. And like, that kind of like cheer when he says the name Jeff Jarrett. And he goes, shut up, girls. This isn't a taste test. And then he puts the thing in the urine. Oh, it's great. Like, he is just fantastic. Like, just yeah. on the fly shit like that. He was unbelievable. And then at the very end, he did, and he actually name drops like Sting, Luger, Hogan, Road Warriors. He <laughs> drops everybody being on steroids. It was the craziest fucking promo ever. Like, honestly, one day Bix will pull it off because you know he can. He will get every Lawler promo, or at least a shitload of non-heralded Lawler promos, and sure. put that shit on three DVDs. And it'll be classic because week in and week out, that guy just made things interesting, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I remember when promo he cut. He's talking about you know, like twelve hours ago, I was in Madison Square Gardens in front of twenty three thousand people. I main evented against Randy Savage, and I beat him in the crowd. And I'm like, that that's not right. I mean, they didn't have the internet back then. Let me look this up. It was actually thirteen thousand people in MSG. It was not the main event, and he won by disqualification. So <laughs> I'm like, but hey, you know, you're in Memphis. You probably don't know that. So you can lie out the ass, and they don't care. And uh, I have to say, I'm like, I really like Jeff Jarrett as the the second babyface under Lawyer. Jeff Jarrett fucking ruled. You're right. Yeah, it's the great fire on his comebacks, those big uppercuts. Yeah, the uppercuts up and, and drop kicks. He was great. Like honestly, that was the style of Memphis, and he took the style of Memphis to WWF and WCW later, and it didn't get over as much because people were a little flashier then. Yeah. But for his time period, for the style that he was wrestling, he was he was probably one of the top. Four or five people in Memphis. Yeah, I mean, for uh, I mean, you know, second generation number two guy in a studio TV setting, fantastic. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Top guy is like national promotion in two thousand seven with television and pay per views. Probably not as much. No, the but, thing with Jeff Jarrett is the best brawling I've ever seen in my entire life is when Austin Idol, Eddie Gilbert, and Terry Funk start beating the shit out of Jerry Lawler. I'm guessing in like nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Jarrett made the save in street clothes, and it was like a, like a, a white shirt and like dress pants and like shoes, and like he came in the ring, and they beat the dog shit out. But he just was so valiant and just throwing bolos everywhere, just connecting sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And then Funk just pulls off Jeff Jarrett's you know dress shoe and smacks him over the head with it, and then they pull Jeff Jarrett's belt off and just whip the shit out of him and like. And it's crazy because Jeff is just putting his arms up trying to block the whips. It was just very realistic. And it was just so fucking great. Like, yeah, would, that was my favorite Memphis memory post-90. But Jared would get – he would get turned on and get his ass kicked three-on-one like every week. Like it was a weird fetish video. Like yeah, Jeff never, Jarrett get pummeled. Yeah, he never really got uh, got the better of too many people. Brian Christopher, I guess, was always either good or bad. or you know, he, <laughs> he was, was uh, changing every week. He's actually been a, a, a solid heel for a while, and uh, I remember he came out with Doink the Clown uh, to, to cut a promo and said that he he's so smart he could cure AIDS, but he won't do it because then that would save all the wrestling fans out there. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! Wow. Like, are you kidding me? That's fucking crazy. I remember honestly, like I think Brian Christopher 
should have been such a huge star, it's not even funny. Like, he was so freaking, like, I don't see why he never really, really made it. He was not the biggest guy, but honestly, after Too Cool, he should have been, and he had problems, obviously, too, but after Too Cool, you'd have thought that guy really would have had a future. I used to love it in USWA when he'd close out a promo by going, you know what I have to say about that? And then he'd do this great cackle. This Ted DiBiase, uh, Ted DiBiase-esque yeah. cackle. It was just always so funny. He had a great laugh. Yeah. Good old they, they actually, um, they had a, like, uh, he has a, a valet, Miss Simpson. It's like his, his nanny. Or yes, Tony Simpson. No. Yeah, Tony, Tony Adams. Adams. And Chris Adams shows God. up. Yo, she was so hot back then. She was. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> but then Chris Adams. She was hot. And then who, there was another valet, too, that was kind of crusty and not as good as to, uh, Chris Adams' wife. Shit, who was I she? don't know. Was, was her name Nurse Simpson? Nurse no. uh, nurse something, I think. Yeah. She was remember. great. She managed Manny Fernandez, too. <laughs> I had to bring him up once. But yeah, yeah, you in did. Global, in Global, she managed Manny Fernandez. <laughs> great. But, um... When we Chris Adams shows up and he's like, "That's my wife," and I, I think they were divorced, and he, he cuts a promo oh, yeah. where he's like, "I send her money and she's spending it on this guy," and all the people know what that's like. And I'm like, "This is kind of getting into OJ Simpson territory here." Oh yeah, definitely. Memphis was notorious for never. They made things so realistic, like even like when they would, yeah, just literally everything they did. I can't even explain it, but as those who watched Memphis, it was always very. Like, very real stories. Like, one time Sid Vicious showed up, mm-hmm. and his retarded neighbor Seth was there. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed, but the people in Memphis were like, oh, look, a retarded guy. And then, like, the heel came out and just totally, totally ripped the retarded guy down. Might have punched him even. And I'm like, he's legit <laughs> retarded. And, like, it's just one of these deals where Memphis has no shame in exploiting no, anybody or anything. And then the next week, you know... Sid came out, this one's for you, Seth, yay! And then, like, he kicked the shit out of somebody, right? But, like, <laughs> I miss Seth. I'd like to know what he's doing today. I think Seth and Sid Vicious would have a big run in WWF. They could fight with Eugene and somebody. Be awesome. Sure. Uh, other things I know, New Jack was there, which stunned me. Homeboy. Homeboy and New yeah, Jack. Yeah, who, who was yep. Homeboy? I don't remember. And they feuded with meat and potatoes. <laughs> the fat boys. <laughs> The fat boys, meat and potatoes. <laughs> one of them was one of the moon dogs. Moon dog splat or some shit. Yeah. And the other guy, the other guy was somebody else that we weren't supposed to know. But yeah, I remember that. Homeboy, I remember that. I'm like Jesus Christ. And there was C. W. Bergstrom, whose story was he and was a, Melvin Penrod. Melvin Holy Penrod shit. Jr. That's How right. I remember this. This is sick. Yes, I remember. I was laid up in the hospital bed <laughs> for half of the summer of 1993. But I remember vividly the only happiness of my day would come when I'd read my Pro Wrestling Illustrated <laughs> and how Melvin Penrod Third and fucking C.W. Bergstrom, who was like a teacher gimmick, who would yeah. beat his student. <laughs> his thing was he was a principal in the Northwest. Yeah. He, he used corporal punishment, and he got um he got fired, and, and someone's like, you should be a wrestler. And he's like, yeah. So he's so he, – wow. and, uh, and uh, Melvin Penrod, who was more, a morbidly obese fellow in a yeah. schoolboy outfit, was his star pupil. That sounds so sick now. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> like this aging, balding teacher with a schoolboy that he would beat upon with a ruler. Jesus Christ. That totally wouldn't fly today, but my God, it was funny at the time. Yeah. Uh, you had Mike Samples as a manager. Yeah, Mike Samples with the suit. Mike Samples basically, when Vince McMahon left, did Vince McMahon. He yeah. took over the. Like he was like, I will. I have the stock of this company. Yeah, they did like a stock thing. 
Yeah. So they really did predate a lot of the stuff that WWF did. Yeah. There was a, a cowboy team called the Young Stallions. I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just call yourselves Demolition, <laughs> you know? If you're going to take tag teams from the 80s. And uh, they were the Marino Brothers. And uh, Wolfie D's like, oh, you Italian cowboys. And it's like... <laughs> Holy shit. That's um, good. And best of all was the Rock and Roll Phantom. Who was yeah. just... This, it was Don Bass. Not Ron Bass, but Don Bass. Oh, yeah. Fat guy in a mask. I don't know what that name means. He was just the Rock and Roll Phantom. My favorite wrestlers in 1986 when I was a stupid kid was Dirty Rhodes and Don Bass in Memphis. Because Dusty <laughs> Rhodes and Ron Bass, I would watch every week on TV. But God damn it, Dirty Rhodes and Don Bass sounded like pretty cool guys, too. <laughs> Dirty I, Rhodes. I just always remember that shit. Like, oh my God. I was like, I need to see them. Like, I, don't, I still don't think I've ever seen a Dirty Rhodes match, but God damn it, I'm going to do it one day. I've, I don't know who would have those Dirty Rhodes. Unfortunately, you're probably right. I don't know if uh, 1985 uh, Memphis television is too in vogue. But, uh, yeah. Good someone point. who feuded with Brian Christopher and Tony Adams, by the way, according to the October edition here of the Weekly, mm-hmm. was Coco Beware in Miss Texas, which sounds like one hell of a little razzmatazz of a match right there. Yeah, Coco was around. Uh, Coco fucking rules. That must have been he was cutting good. some intense Drop promos. Drop Tony Adams in the face. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Chris. Oh. <laughs> I, I, saw, I did see Chris Adams just murder this this jobber with a super kick. I always hear like, Chris Adams oh, is the best. yeah, he's the best awesome. super kick. I'm like, we'll see about this. And if he like didn't legitimately kick this man in the head, then he's like the best worker of all time. Yeah, he just, I always oh used to think there was the old spice lap, but no way. He was murdering MS. He was for a long time. Jesus. Well, that's all the interesting things in Memphis I had besides all the. And I, <laughs> I should mention Corey Macklin. Corey Macklin. <laughs> Johnny Polo sends the king to the room. <laughs> oh my god. Honestly, like honestly, if there's a hell, Corey Macklin will be doing commentary there. I swear to god, Corey Macklin made like David Webb look like freaking Jim Ross by comparison. People can talk as much shit as they want on David Crockett, but David Crockett, you at least kind of had that wow, I'm marking out two kind of thing. But Corey Macklin was just so fucking terrible at his job, and he's still doing it today. He is. Which is sick. He's it's still, horrible. Yeah. It, it was great because they had Sherry Martell come out, and she goes, she sees Dave Brown, and she goes, Corey Macklin, she's like, Lance Russell, what did I tell you about staying in the tannin bed too long? <laughs> oh, my God. I, uh, I need this DVD badly because it sounds so much better than the wrestling today. That's yeah, you, this will, this oh my god. Yeah. You know what else is weird? Speaking of announcers, at the Reading House show of WWF that I went to like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. they had Howard Finkel doing the announcing, and it's really? made me sick. Honestly, that guy's so good, he should still be on. Yeah. But just because he's the furthest thing from aesthetically pleasing, he doesn't get to. <laughs> but man, he could fucking announce the shit out of a match. But yeah, that's oh well. Bad. Oh well. There's always those divas in announcing. Sure. Tori Wilson. Rick Flair! <laughs> God! Uh, uh, we've gone about an hour, unless there's any other wacky topics you want to cover. No, I thought we kind of ran through that shit pretty quick. And we ran through some random shit today. Yeah, that's usually the case, but yeah, honestly, what we got to do, as good as that show was, the king shit show will be when Bix gets those ICW, IWCC tapes out there, and we get to watch that, and yeah. Joe Savoldi, and the Boston bad boy, and he recently told me Vic Steamboat is not related to Rick Steamboat, and I got yep. a lot more on that for next time, and it will be 
very, very interesting. Yes, this will be as soon as uh, he's been. I think he's been sending me videos. Someone is sending me. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely going okay. through the process. That's only he can do. And also Herb Abrams UWF, which oh, is another. Well, that's another. Sherry on that Sunday for sure. That was the early '90s uh, Major League Wrestling. Yep. The UWF and then. Honestly. I could write a book on Herb, so when this show happens, it's going to be great. Because I have some of the horrible, outlandish, and racist things that that guy said. Wow. Look out. Yeah, I definitely have done homework on this one. So. Oh, I, that's going to be It'll great. It'll be one to remember in two months or whenever we do it. Yeah, whenever we get around to it. So, well, I thank you for being on, as always. Uh, any uh, new Death Valley drivers uh, coming up? Uh, fuck no. I hate that board. Uh, what you got to do is – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, go there if you want to. It's cool. Uh, plug an ROH pay-per-view I tell you when it was but they've done a horrible job of telling us when so I don't know when it's going to be but look in your listings and get the ROH pay-per-view I was there in New York it's a good freaking show support them and what else do I want to plug how about czwfans.com that's a good message board I'll, there are I'll, some I'll fun people on there I, I uh, do it honestly is section. so less arguey yeah. that's a word honestly there's just no drama so it's fun. It's mindless. It's stupid. It's wrestling. No one really likes CZW right now, but it's still fun. Oh, no, you don't have to. Some CZW fans, it's probably because you hate CZW. That's kind of the way <laughs> things are. They should fucking change the URL or whatever that's called, but whatever. Whatever. Well, I'm going to encourage everyone to visit JoeVersusTheWorld.com or TheCubsFan.com for a full archive of all our previous shows, including all of Rob's uh, prior appearances. These are some of my favorite shows. I highly Global. recommend them. Yeah, definitely... Definitely check out the Global Show if you're new to the uh, the whole thing. That was a bit of a, it was a very popular show, a bit of a watershed show. Uh, it's over like a hundred minutes of random talk on a random fed. So I guess that's gonna do it. Unless you have uh, anything else to say? No, but catch the MVP and Batista match tomorrow. Yes, Friday. Friday. This will be up before then. So. Cool. Well, no. All right. On that note, I thank everyone for listening, and I will talk to you soon. 